Let's count our guy. Not you. So that means it could be up to five guys up there? It's possible. We should have fucking shotguns. Shouldn't we, though? No, we shouldn't, because shotguns are for rats in first-person shooter games. Welcome back, everyone, to the Objective, a Battlefield podcast. Oh, I, I meant to pause my phone, and I didn't. Because that's what I'm resorting to for an opening right now, is holding my fucking phone up to a microphone. So, uh, but that's going to change pretty soon. Uh, so anyway, welcome back. Um, so I am going to dispense completely... Not completely. Uh, <clears throat> oh, uh, so my Twitch stream can't hear me. So I'll work on that in a minute. Um, oh, I know why. Because I don't have this microphone connected to the streaming software. But in any case, uh, while I work on that, I'll let you know that I am dispensing with uh, pretty much, you know, uh, trying to say, hey, I'm your host, Bradley. <laughs> um, it just sounds terrible. Uh, I am going to say, hi, this is your host, Dubfire33, uh, because that is the name that most people know me by, and my Twitch stream should be able to hear me now, so uh, got that rectified. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, I'm still working on getting my intro fully uh worked out and uh before i had been trying to say oh hi welcome back i'm your host bradley uh otherwise also known as dubfire 33 and i don't know just saying bradley i just sounds terrible is it just it does when you say it with hi i'm your host bradley it just does not roll off doesn't roll off my tongue very well anyways so uh as i already said i'll say it again welcome back to the objective about a filled podcast I'm your host, Dubfire33. You can call me Dub, because that's pretty much what everyone calls me. Uh, works out pretty good for a nickname. <clears throat> My uh, username it does. So there we go. I think that sounded all right, right? So uh, I'm back pretty quickly uh, this time, as opposed to my last podcast, which took, which had four weeks in between each one. Uh, but like I said on my last podcast, the rumor mill is firing up already. Uh, we've got uh, rumors and leaks floating around on Twitter already. Uh, so I'm going to get into those. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm, I'm probably mostly just going to talk about those uh, today, actually. Uh, and I was thinking about getting into some other uh, unrelated, Battlefield unrelated stuff after I get into all that stuff later on. Maybe we'll see how long this takes or how far this goes but I feel like I have a lot to talk about because um, there's so the let's get right into it the there was sort of a list if you will of uh, tweaks or tweaks of leaks and rumors uh, that have been popping up on Twitter um, and I'm going to go over those uh, and for those of you watching on Twitch I'm going to bring up uh Twitter uh, Twitter account called Battlefield Battlefield 6 News and this is pretty much the rumors all the rumors right here that have been floating around uh, there they are uh, so yeah so these just started popping up a few days ago and basically what we're looking at and I'll go, I'll just go through them one by one here, and then I'll address each one uh, after I've sort of rat have rattled them all off here. Uh, so, starts off by saying, heavily influenced by Battlefield 3, okay, could be titled just Battlefield, okay, maps that support up to 128 players, that's interesting and could be incredibly fun and exciting, a cross-gen release, I think that, you know, I mean, that's pretty odd. That goes without saying, right? Um, a soft a soft reboot, which has been being said uh, in other ways, which I'll get into. It Essentially, it, this list here says soft reboot, but what's, uh, what other accounts and, and websites have been saying is that they think it's going to be a Battlefield 3 remaster. 
we'll get into it. I'll definitely be getting into that. Uh, there, this says there will be a battle royale in development. Definitely going to get into that. And two studios working on the last gen and the current gen. That's another one I'm definitely going to get into. So, uh, so real quick, uh, Game of Chairs Xbox. Thanks for uh, showing up, dude. Appreciate you stopping by to check out the stream. Um, how am I sounding now? Can you hear me? Am I too loud? Not loud enough? Uh, and yeah, I appreciate you stopping by, dude. Um, and this is the first time I've done this sounding good. Cool, thanks, dude. This is the first time I've done this without my headphones on, and I actually kind of like it without my headphones on. <laughs> Something about the headphones seemed kind of restrictive, actually. Anyway, okay, so there you have it. Um, holy crap, so, you know, kind of a good little list of uh, rumors and leaks. Um, but it should be said that they are completely and totally unsubstantiated. There's really no, there's really nothing concrete. Uh, no concrete sources or really concrete, you know, sort of things to back the, to back this, these things up, right? Uh, so they are, in fact, just rumors. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are calling them, you know, this, this particular Twitter account right here calls them rumors. A lot of people are calling them leaks, like verified leaks, which is total, which is complete crap. They're not verified leaks. Uh, you know, if you look at some websites, they're making it sound like, you know, they have it on good authority, on good sources, that there's definitely a battle royale in development and all that stuff. Anyway, so let's get in. So let's get into these. Uh, so I can pretty much combine the heavily influenced by BF3 and the soft reboot into what I was saying earlier is that a lot of people are saying that this is going to be a Battlefield 3 remaster. Okay. Um, I can tell you <laughs> on my good authority on as a Battlefield Andy, right? As a as a as a Battlefield nerd from right from the beginning from Battlefield 1942 that this is absolutely not going to be a Battlefield 3 remaster. Uh, I can and I can tell you exactly why this rumor exists. Uh, there are so in to, to keep it to, the the short answer is is that many 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 a Battlefield fan believe Battlefield 3 is the best Battlefield game uh, that was, you know, that was released. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And there's a lot of good reasons for that, actually. Uh, I do not subscribe to that idea. I believe that Battlefield 4 is the best, is the best Battlefield game released. Um, so there's sort of two camps, right? And they're not like, they're not particularly, you know, rival camps. It's like everyone, anyone, everyone that liked, everyone that thinks Battlefield 4 is the best, the best game still loves Battlefield 3. I loved Battlefield 3 too. So, but there are, but the people who love Battlefield 3 and believe it to be the best of the series, they're pretty fervent about that. Uh, they're, they're, they're about that conviction. They're, they, they believe in it wholly and completely that now Battlefield 3 is the best one that came out. And there's, there's very good reasons for it. It was it it introduced three really really good maps and it introduced in three really good maps for a specific game mode which was Rush, which was introduced in Battlefield Bad Company two and everyone really dug it, uh, and and for good reason Rush is an amazingly fun game mode, but in Battlefield three they really took it to another level, <laughs> pun intended, because of the th because of the three levels that they developed Rush to be played on. CN Crossing, Dam Event Peak, and I should have I should have listed these because I'm blanking on the last one. Um, Harbor. Sudel Harbor? Or Sudel Harbor from Bad Company 2. And I'm blanking. Uh, so in any case, uh, those three maps uh, for Rush are probably, th probably some of the best, most fun you can have playing bat any of the Battlefield games. CN Crossing at CN is like this beautiful, 
map that basically takes place in like a downtown European city with like the canal through the middle of the city and you've got these two you start off the offense starts off you've only got these two bridges to get across this canal to advance you know once you once you if you take care of the the first two mcoms now you still got these only just these two bridges and you've got these narrow lanes you've got some places to flank but not really it's just and then as you work your way you work your way into a building eventually that's on the other side of the map and so you're infiltrating the building. It's got everything. It's fucking great. Uh, I should probably, gosh darn it, I really should have looked this up because now I'm probably gonna get the name of the map wrong. But in any case, whatever. I'll I'll correct it on the next podcast if I'm getting it wrong. Um, but Sudal Harbor, another an, an out, uh, you know, kind of a a deserty setting, but obviously on a harbor with like these oh, with cargo crates everywhere. And so you've got like this whole cargo area to play through, and then you've got this sort of hilltop little base to play through, and then a little airfield. Another great map for playing Rush on, right? But the crown jewel of all of the Rush maps, and this isn't, and I'll get into this. The crown jewel of all the Rush maps, though, is Damavand Peak. Damavand Peak. I've talked about it before in previous podcasts, but I'll go over. I'll go over it again here. Because it's re- it's really probably the one of the major catalysts as to why people are talking about Battlefield Three Remaster, right? Um, amongst other reasons, obviously. But Demavent Peak has got one of the most unique features of any map in any game ever, and it's kind of hard to describe, you know, over a podcast for you to listen, you know. But in any, it it's essentially a base jump. The first part of the map, the first part of the offense, starts off in these mountains. And by the way, Damavand Peak is that it's technically based on like an actual real world, real world location um, from Iran, actually. Um, so the map, you know, they built, you know, these sort of you know the the military installations and everything for the game in this map. And so you anyway, you start off and you fight your way through this base. And I believe you have to destroy two sets of MCOMs, which are the computer things that that's what they call them in Battlefield too. You know that you have to destroy. Uh, they're like computer type things. You have to set the charge, and you know you have to protect the charge, and it blows up, and you advance anyway. So you have to destroy two sets of MCOMs, and then after you've destroyed that second set of MCOMs, you come to this like helicopter platform, and I. Re- <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I was playing this map. You come to this helicopter platform, and you're looking off the helicopter platform, and you're like, where the fuck is the rest of the map? Like, I'm looking off into the fucking mountain range. And you get closer, and sure enough, you look down, and like a fucking thousand feet down, there's the rest of the map, and you can see the markers for the MCOMs. And you literally just... And you and so now your spawn becomes the base, you know, at the at the helicopter pad and now every time you die you spawn at the top and you have to jump down and you you fucking you know base jump off you pull your parachute dude it's just it's awesome it's one of the most it's one of the most unique things in a first person shooter map ever and then the map is still great even after that because there's a set of mcoms that you have to fight through in this big tunnel installation so it's really one of the greatest first-person shooter experiences you can play in terms of any kind of, you know, large-scale warfare-type game of of any kind. Battlefield, you know, Call of Duty, whatever. It's it's an amazingly fun experience. Um, And so those three things there, right, those maps, the Rush uh, game mode, and... A lot of other things that people liked about Battlefield 3. Um, you know, the weapons, the menu system, all that stuff. So, basically, what you've got... You've got a lot of people for... And this, and this has been for a long time that people have talked about this in video game forums, Battlefield forums, right? It's always been a thing amongst... Battlefield fans. Oh, Battlefield 3 is the best Battlefield. We love Battlefield 3. Oh, I wish they would have, you know, really done a sequel to Battlefield 3, which is, I can get into that too. I don't, I, 
I could talk about that for a while. Which they did. It's, it's called Battlefield 4, but a lot of people really felt like Battlefield 4 was like this pretty far, pretty a big departure from Battlefield 3, which it really wasn't. Other than the fact that so, okay, sorry, I'm, I'm getting off on the tangent. I'll get back to that. But that's really why the rumor's out there. Because a lot of people want Battlefield 3 remastered. That's it. That th There's been you know millions of Battlefield fans that have been total fanboys for Battlefield 3, so you know that's it. That that's the reason why this is really such a big rumor, because this is this it, this this is not like some kind of leak or verified leak. This is just a, this is just sort of a culmination of a lot of talk, right? So, yeah, thanks, uh, Game of Chairs Xbox. I appreciate you stopping by, dude. By the way, I totally dig your username. By the way, <laughs> it's a very very funny play on the name of the show. <laughs> I like how it makes it sound incredibly mundane. Game of Chairs. <laughs> it's pretty good, man. But I appreciate you stopping by, dude, for sure. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the, I appreciate the kind words and the support, dude. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, where was I? So, okay. So, so that's really what this was all about. This is, a, this is a, all the culmination of tons of people saying how much they love Battlefield 3 and they wish it would be remastered. And the, Okay. And so, one of the biggest reasons for that is that so... Battlefield 3 Battlefield 3 actually had a pretty short run before they released Battlefield 4. And there's a reason for that. Because Battlefield 4 is really the game that they had wanted to make all along. And I've I I argued with I've argued about this with people uh in message forums way back in the day when, you know, before there was before it was easy to make a podcast like this where it was easy to, you know, talk on Twitch, right? <laughs> you argued on message board forums about video games, which is, you know, childish as hell, but I did it anyways. Um, so, yeah, so I argued with people about that all the time. It's like, oh, no, you know, Battlefield 3 was so great. They should have just, why did they, you know, cut it so short? It was such a great game, and they had all this cool stuff, and it's like, well, yeah, I know, but Battlefield 4 is it's not everything that Battlefield 3 was, and mainly what it wasn't, it, it, they, it, they didn't have those three maps that I mentioned. Didn't have Crossing, didn't have Harbor, and it didn't have Damivan Peak, which I think is what a lot of people missed. It did have Operation Metro. Well, it didn't have Operation Metro from the start. Excuse me, Battlefield 4 had a whole you know brand new set of maps from the start. And then... When they fight, well, uh, uh, China Rising was the first expansion for Battlefield 4, and then the next expansion was called Second Assault. And what Second Assault did, Second Assault brought uh, 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 Caspian Border and Operation Metro into Battlefield 4, and also Gulf of Oman and one other map. I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, and every and, and people were people were mauled. That they didn't get Damavin Peak or Harbor or Crossing, right? So this, so this is what's really. So it kicked off a long time ago. People being mauled about there not being more Battlefield Three and Battlefield Four. They really, a lot of people felt like they really shoehorned Rush into Battlefield Four, which they did, uh, because that the the Battlefield Four maps, the maps that came with it on launch, none of them really played Rush very well at all. That not, you know, uh, what was the under, uh, overpass? Was it overpass or underpass? I really need to start doing more research before I start these podcasts, guys. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, in any case, um, you know, they, uh, where was I going? I forgot. I lost my place. Um, yeah, so there weren't, the map, the maps didn't play well uh, for Rush. the 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 original Battlefield map, the 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 Battlefield Four maps at launch, everyone really felt like they just really shoehorned Rush into those. They were really, and, and they kind of did. They were all the Battlefield Four maps, Galmud Railway. Um, I can't think of a whole lot of other off the top of my head. They were all very much geared towards conquest. They're all really 
you know, they they played much better for Conquest. In fact, I don't even know if... Well, no, yeah, they... Because Rush is kind of a very linear, linear thing, right? Uh, so they did... You could play Rush on some of those uh, maps, but like they were, it was only it would they would kind of just cut out a lane through the maps so that you could play Rush on them. Whereas like Crossing and Damavent Peak, and I don't even believe I don't remember if there was Conquest on Damavent Peak in BF3. Actually, now that I think about it, uh, Operation Metro, you know, very linear. You you play in this sort of park that leads into the subway tunnel then you fight your way through the subway tunnels and then on the other side is the city and all that stuff right so that's really where a lot of this comes from lots and lots of people wanted to see bf3 remastered they wanted more bf battlefield 3 and i don't blame them i loved battlefield 3 too it was great uh so so you you, you can you heard it here first you can clip it and ship it it's not going to be a battlefield 3 remaster that's that's nonsense they've moved on so far from what battlefield 3 and battlefield 4 was you know that the, you know i mean will the will the menu systems and then will the ui the user interface you know have a similar feel to what those games had hopefully and i talked about that in the last podcast i really hope they do I really hope they get away from the user interface and the menus, systems, and everything they have for Battlefield 1 and especially for Battlefield 5. They're fucking completely terrible. But there's no way they're just... They're not not remastering Battlefield 3. There's, you know... They've come so far... the, 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 The systems have come so far. The next generation systems. So it's gonna be... It's going to be a completely new game. It's going to be a com- from ground up. My hope is it's going to be completely from ground up. Because I don't want, you know, I don't want any, I really don't want any remnants of 1 or 5 to be in this game at all. So, so, so there you go. So just, so just forget the Battlefield 3 remaster or soft reboot out of, you know, out of your head right now. Because that's not happening. Um, what are we going to get? Like I said, hopefully something really good from the ground up, you know, brand new battlefield game, which is hopefully ultimately what matters the most is a fun battlefield game. Right. So, uh, okay. So the next thing they got could be titled just battlefield. Um, I actually like that if they did that, cause it would be, it would be the first game yeah, it would be the first one that didn't have a subtitle. Is that what you call it when you have that? Or is that the wrong term for it, actually? Because, I mean, subtitles are the things in movies, right? For people who don't want to listen to uh, dubs. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which I was, I was, you know, I never really cared. I, I remember a bunch of my friends always being, like, fucking nerdy about it. It's like, no, you don't want dubs. You want the subtitles. You want to hear the original... We used to watch a whole bunch. We used to watch Kung Fu Hong Kong movies and shit back in the day. Anyway, uh, so but it would be the first. It would be the first game without uh, an, a subtitled. It would just be Battlefield, um, and I think I would like that actually. I think that would actually be pretty cool. Super simple, right? Just and we can we can get into the battle royale thing, I suppose. I suppose that might work in that it would leave a subtitle open for the, you know, for the whatever they decide to call the Battle Royale if they're going to make one. We'll get into it. Um but I I think I think that'd be all right. But I also really like the way Battlefield 2021 sounds too. But they may feel like that sounds too close to Battlefield 2142, right? Because I'm, I'll tell you one thing. We still don't know what the setting of the, of this next game is going to be. Everyone's saying it's going to be modern. We still have zero. We still have nothing to go on to determine that whatsoever, right? Um, but if it does, if this game does come out and it's a modern game, you can. I will bet my house. 
I will bet my cars. I will bet, I don't know, I will bet bodily parts that the next game they release will be a sequel to Battlefield 2142. Because that is the only game, that is the only one they have not revisited in some way. That setting, that futuristic setting. You know, Battlefield Hardline was a cool offshoot that they didn't revisit. But that was just, you know, that was just a fun, kind of cool offshoot they did. Um, although, I don't know, Battlefield Bad Company 3, right? That's what everyone keeps saying. If that's what they, you know, and if that's what comes out here in 2021, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know how I'll feel about that. There's tons, there's also another camp of people who love Battlefield Bad Company. And I like Battlefield Bad Company 2 was a great fucking game. But it really just, it it feels completely different than all the other games. Um, probably, it might have been like developed by another studio or something. I'll have to like really research that and be a little get a little bit closer. So I don't know. So maybe they'll just call it Battlefield and if there's going to be a BR, you know, it leaves leaves that naming of the BR open, right? So we'll see. Speaking of well, no, I'm not going to get I'm not getting into the BR yet. Um so up so then now right. Uh maps up to 128 players. That is super fun and exciting. Um and it will almost certainly be the case. It would, uh, it would, ha- it would have to be. I mean, three and four were the first two to introduce, uh, you know, sixty-four players, thirty-two, you know, thirty-two players aside. Um, so I mean, I think it goes. It kind of does go without saying. It's like they're gonna, they're gonna make this. You know, they're gonna with they're gonna utilize next gen power you know all the all the you know the powerful pcs that people are building right they're going to utilize that stuff they're going to use utilize all the server power that's out there all the network power uh and make this thing 128 players which is pretty fucking fun and exciting actually 64 fucking people on each side i mean if you play you play conquest 64 player maps that's 32 people per side that feels fucking crowded, you know. They designed the maps, you know, perfectly, obviously, to sort of keep everything, keep the game, the the, the gameplay, the the flow of the of the map right for the for that amount of players. But uh, you know, so obviously the maps are gonna have to be a little bit bigger. Definitely gonna you know design around that. But fuck, man, sixty four fucking people aside is gonna be pretty fucking fun and exciting. I think. Um, so, and then the next one, the next one they got in that list is the cross-gen, of course, which this will actually be the first cross-gen battlefield. Uh, they, you know, they didn't, I don't believe, I don't even think there was any, I don't think there was cross-gen, cross-platform. Um, I don't, I'm, I don't think when Battlefield 5 was released that there were any cross-platform games at all, actually out there there was i mean there definitely wasn't a cross-platform modern warfare destiny 2 still isn't cross-platform but that had been talked about for like a really long time um and i'm trying to think of any other like first person shooter games around the time or or any other games for that matter like possibly possibly diablo did diablo get released on the consoles that long ago, or was that more recently? Um, you know what you could do? Uh, if you're listening to this and you want to correct anything I said, you can join my Discord. Uh, might as well just interject that in the middle of all this, <laughs> since I'm needing a little assistance. Um, yeah, join my Discord. Uh, the link, there'll be a link in my show notes. And uh, hop in there and you know chat with me about Battlefield and other video games and shit. Um, because I'm trying to remember, like, I don't think there was any other cross-platform stuff going on. Cross-platform of, you know, like Modern Warfare has right now, um, is, uh, you know, it's fairly new. Is Apex Legends cross-platform? See, I don't even know. I played Apex Legends for about five fucking minutes and I was done with that game. Um, 
Overwatch? Is Overwatch cross-platform? I don't think it is. It might be now, but I don't think it was on release. So, so this will be the first cross-platform Battlefield, which kind of moves into the next point they're talking about. Um, how they're talking about... What does it say? They're talking about two different studios. One studio working on the last gen and one studio working on the current gen. So this is another one I've uh, already discussed on uh, a message forum, actually. Excuse me. <laughs> um, and, or no, I no, I tweeted about it. No, it wasn't a message forum. It was a tweet. I, was, I forget who I was tweeting off the top of my head now. But we kind of got into a discussion about this subject, uh, the cross-platform. And so we now we we have a last generation of consoles still very much in play apparently, thanks to fucking shortage of the next gen consoles, right? But you know, buy a PC because a computer is just sorry, a console is just a crappy computer. <clears throat> so in any case, what I was saying was, I don't, I don't would not be very surprised if they did not release the game for last gen. I said it. <laughs> and that's not, I mean, I'm not really putting myself out there or anything, but, and I'm not going to like, I don't know. I mean, I could make the prediction that that might be the case, but, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. It's just, <clears throat> look what happened with cyberpunk. They CDR CD project red clearly made a huge mistake developing that game for old PS4s and Xboxes. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe they're not going to make the same mistake with this game. Maybe they will. I don't know. I mean, obviously, that. well, I don't know. It could be pretty graphic-intensive. might not be. It depends on how graphic-intensive they want it to be. It depends on how much they want to optimize it for the last gen, and then how are they going to, you know, how are the last gen platforms going to play with the new generation platforms and PCs, right? I mean... That caught that. That's a whole. That's a whole issue that you know developers and the development team. I mean, you're talking about so many different. You're talking about so many differences in latencies. You know between those platforms talking, and the and the refresh rate in the games. I mean, it's just like that's a fucking headache. So it really it really wouldn't surprise me one bit if they just said, you know what. Sorry, last gen people, you're just, you're fucked. You know, I know. I mean, but I don't know. That obviously, that's a huge financial decision they have to weigh, right? Because there's really no. It's hard to say how many people, uh, you know. They don't know. It's. I mean, obviously, they can get all the market data they want, and it's like, but it's like if the market data shows, like, holy shit, not that many people have got the new generation platforms yet. Then it's like we can't. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Shouldn't belabor that to that point too much, but that's the thing, you know. It, that's something to think about. So, but you know, I, if they've got two different studios working on it, um, which is another thing, which which brings me to my next point before I get to talking about the BR part, um, the development of this game in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, I talked about, I had a good, I had a really good conversation with uh, the uh, the unmuted one, Mulletproof, M Mulletproof Bunk. Uh, he is a uh, regular with the Dropshot community and a really good dude. And him and I were uh, talking the other night after playing some games. And we had a really good, we had a really fun conversation all about uh, programming and stuff. He's a, he's a programmer. I am a, uh, I attempted to be a programmer, but I, I, I really sucked at it. So I gave it up. Um, but I kind of learned enough, you know, to sort of have a fairly good idea of how, how it all works, right. And how programming works and all those systems and programming systems and programming platforms and all that stuff. And I'll tell you what, in the conversation him and I had, was about modern warfare but in terms of but the conversation applies to any development studio right now right 
because of the global pandemic and living with COVID. So they all got back to work after the new year. EA Dice did, uh, but they're all but they're all working from home, right? And this is, presents a very unique challenge in video game development right now. Working at home might be the same for a whole lot of the rest of the population, right? Scheduling meetings, having Zoom meetings, talking about sales figures and planning sales launches, planning shipment, planning, I don't know, whatever, all our kind of like, you know, bullshit goes on amongst the rest of the corporate world, right? It's a completely different thing trying to develop a video game from home. Because you don't have Zoom meetings to figure out, you know, hey, did we get these bugs worked out? Hey, how long is it going to take you to get these bugs worked out? And then it doesn't. It, those things don't get fixed over a Zoom meeting. You've got multiple programmers, developers. On top of the fucking developers, you got fucking game designers, 3D designers, right? All compiling massive amounts of data on their computers at home and then having to transfer that data securely over a fucking internet connection connected to their house or their apartment, you know, or wherever they're at. And then getting that data to a main system for it to then be compiled. Then it has to be debugged. I can't even fucking imagine. I, I honestly cannot even imagine how the kind of challenges and how difficult that must be to be trying to de to, to program, to debug, program, debug some more, program, test, play test these video games in the middle of a fucking global pandemic. It can't be easy. So why am I saying all this? So I'm not trying to, you know, necessarily, you know, create excuses for them, but I kind of am <laughs> because the problem, the problem with all this is, right, is that us as the consumers, most consumers have no idea what it takes to develop a video game. A lot of people sitting in their homes, bored out of their fucking mind, wanting to play good video games, you know, are, and, and they're well within their rights to complain and bitch because a paying cust you know, we're paying customers all, that all of us are, um, but they, that the people developing these games are facing a very unique challenge in trying to, to make these games right now. And so I suppose what I would say is when Battlefield, when Battlefield 6 or Battlefield 2021 or whatever Battlefield it is, if it's just Battlefield, let's all try to have a little, you know, patience. Let's all try to have a little perspective about what these developers are dealing with right when it comes to trying to make these games because it might if it if it sucks ass right off the right off the bat you know what hey go on twitter and bitch about it that's fine you know but for those of us who you know can have a little bit of perspective and use our critical thinking skills let's remember they are facing ea dice whether it's dice infinity ward treyarch cd project red this is an extraordinary challenge for them to try to develop these games. You know, to you're talking all of those, you know, their studios, their offices, they've got computers that could fucking, you know, probably close like that. It would rival maybe military installations. Right. I mean, I know that's, we know that's not really true. I'm being very, over the, that's very over the top, obviously, because we know the military installations have got probably fucking alien computers, right? But in any case, they're they're not at the studios. The amount of time it takes to move, you know, to write code, to move, to, to transfer the code, and to compile and across the networks is like it's 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 it takes nothing. But I can't even <clears throat> excuse me, I can't imagine how fucking slow it must be for them to transfer some of these files they have to transfer over internet connections and then they got to get downloaded into those you know systems and um, there must be like skeleton crews skeleton IT crews at the you know their 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 home studios 
obviously keeping up the the networks and stuff, right? Uh, to make sure that all of that stuff is running smoothly. But for those developers to not be developing it in in the in house, you're talking about you know in creating a much uh, just a creating a, a amount of time and space it takes to move all that data back and forth and then for people to talk about it they can't just walk over to someone hey we were working on this you got to get on a zoom call or you got to text or you got to call someone or you got to get oh let's get so and so together let's we got to figure this right okay i've i've talked about it for a while i know i've just belabored it for a little bit here but like it's an incredibly unique and extraordinary challenge for development studios to develop to develop video games in the middle of a pandemic which is why this game may, I don't know. So this brings me to the Battle Royale. I was going to belabor the point even more, but I need to stop and I need to move on. So anyway, so Battle Royale. This is the big, this is, this is, this is really the big kind of uh, sort of point that a lot of people are going to focus on going forward, right? Um, and in speaking about it, uh, with my dumb internet buddy, Face Esquire, attorney at law, <laughs> um, he actually, he actually, uh, I was talking with him about him. He, well, he listened to my last podcast and he was nice enough to, uh, you know, give me a, a six point bulletin, uh, of some of, you know, topics I touched on. Uh, probably like a very lawyer thing to do or something. Fucking lawyer nerd. Anyway, um, <laughs> one of the things he mentioned, and it was he actually made somewhat of a proclamation, and I hadn't really thought about it, and it actually was very interesting, making me think that maybe he's not as dumb as he sounds. Um, but he said he 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 claimed that if Battlefield, if this game does not release with a battle royale, that it will spend spell the end of Battlefield. Huh. And I thought, wow, that's actually a, that's a very interesting point. Now he's wrong, right? <laughs> he's totally wrong. Uh, but I don't. He may not be either. Uh, and it really did make me think: how important is a battle royale for this game? And there's kind of two answers to kind of two answers to that. Well, not really two answers. There's just sort of there's two camps, right? And one camp is gonna not give a flying shit and it may and it may cool the response or cool the reception uh to the other camp and of course the one camp is you know diehard battlefield fans like myself if this if a battle royale doesn't release with this game i don't fucking care i like the battle royales i really enjoy playing warzone um i really loved playing pubg i played pubg for quite a while actually before i played warzone um you know, so, and and I think, and I would wager to guess that the vast majority of diehard Battlefield fans will feel the same way. They won't fucking care if there's no Battle Royale released with this game. Excuse me. And, however, though, he may be right, he may have a nugget of wisdom in there, of wisdom in there, and that it may very, it may very well really cool off the game's reception uh, for sort of the non-Battlefield camp, right? Uh, because they are... battle BRs are the, the game of the day right now, right? I mean, Warzone has obviously got a lot of problems right now with cheating and reverse boosting and all this stuff, but people still love it, and I, I like the game quite a bit. I love playing it, in fact. Um, Fortnite, you know, still going pretty strong. I think it's mostly played by 12 and 14 year olds, but I mean, whatever it's, you know, that's actually the vast majority of gamers these days. Uh, it's still going strong. So, you know, it's like it, it I don't think it's a, it's a must and whether or not there's going to be one, it's not confirmed. Don't believe any fucking thing you see on the internet where that are saying, Oh, battle, you know, there's that they're definitely working out of battle Royale. There's absolutely zero confirmation of that whatsoever. So, but if it comes out or not, I don't know that it'll necessarily matter. It's it only time will tell that I'm not, I'm not going to claim to be 
clairvoyant and I'm not going to try to be right. Um, but all I know is, all I know is the battlefield camp, the, the true sort of diehard battlefield fans aren't really going to care. And it, it may cool off the reception, but I don't know. I think at the same time, I've, I've been seeing a lot of people say how much they want, uh, how excited people are for a new Battlefield game. There's a lot of people uh, really excited for the new game. And so it's just hard, it, it's hard to say if it's going to really, really, you know, mess up the reception of the game. I don't think it will personally. So, but uh, yeah, so uh, that's about it, I think, for tonight, actually. How long have I been talking for, actually? How did I do here? 45 fucking minutes just on those points. Okay, holy shit. I had another point that I wanted to touch on that, uh, oh, what did me and Mullet talk about? Uh, yeah, it was a great conversation I had with uh, Mulletproof Bunk, uh, the unmuted one, as he was known as Mulletproof Mute uh, for quite a while in the uh, drop shot community. But uh, yeah, it was a fun conversation. Talked about a whole bunch of stuff. So, I don't know. That's pretty much all I got for Battlefield tonight. Um, but since I don't really feel like stopping yet, since I kind of still feel like talking, um, I'll do uh, I'll do a little bit of housekeeping, actually, real quick, before I get on to the next thing I was going to talk about, which is completely first-person shooter, first shooter unrelated. Um, I don't know why I thought about this the other day, but... Uh, I was thinking about the Final Fantasy games. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the Final Fantasy games, uh, I'm going to run down the release of Final Fantasy games and why the why uh, basically the order of their numbers seems out of place. So that's what I'm going to talk about after I do a little bit of housekeeping, which is going to be some shout-outs and a, like, a little bit of like free advertising. So I'll just give you a fair warning. I'm just about to ramble on about Final Fantasy games. <laughs> So if you really don't want to listen to it, you know, shut the podcast off after I do some shout outs real quick uh, to Game of Chairs Xbox. Thanks for the follow, dude. See y'all. See y'all later, boy. Thanks for the follow. Gaza 1808. Thanks for the follow. And uh, <clears throat> Barbie Doodle. I appreciate the follow. Barbie Doodle. Now, I should not pretend to, that I don't know who that is. That's my wife. Anyway, yeah, so Gaza1808, see y'all later, boy, and Game of Chairs Xbox. Appreciate the follows, guys. And um, real quick, uh, a couple people you should follow. You should, if you're not following the Vaping Viking, follow him right now. He's been a little quiet lately, but that's all right. I'm sure he's probably, you know, busy doing various things for work that may or may not taking be taking, you know, Illicit, um, <clears throat> illicit effects across state lines in game, of course. Totally kidding. We all know he, like, you know, has some really awesome cushy job that he probably just sits at home and just, you know, collects cash. No, I don't think that's true either. But in any case, The Vaping Viking, twitch.tv slash The Vaping Viking. Follow him on Twitter at The Vaping Viking. Because when he does, if he goes live, uh, there's a very good chance you're going to have a chance to win money. Is he just likes to do contests where he gives away money. We don't know why. He just he just loves to do it. Um, actually, that's not true. We do know why. I heard him tell the story. And uh, check out his page. Although I don't know if the the dot the Vidoc might not still be up because I Twitch deletes videos after like sixty days or some shit. So, but any in any case, give him a follow. Uh, because if if he likes your stream too and he stops by your stream. He may just throw you some support. He likes supporting small streamers and all that stuff. So twitch.tv slash the vaping viking. And at Twitter, the vaping at the vaping viking. And uh, if you're looking for some artwork, if you're looking for a guy who's a talented artist who, who would probably like to help you out, if you're looking for a logo, some kind of title banner, some sort of buttons and stuff, check out Joker SGFX. Twitch.tv slash Joker underscore SGFX. Uh, He's a super talented, super cool guy. He helped me out with my logo and uh, buttons and all that stuff. And that's his Twitch page. 
and he's got a Discord server. He's got links to all of his other socials on his Twitch page. So t- check him out at twitch.tv slash joker underscore sgfx. And, of course, there'll be links to those in the show notes. Um, yeah, so I thought I had one other shout-out, but I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. I really need to start. It's tough. I appreciate all the listens. I've been getting a lot of positive feedback. I know I could really do a lot more work and make this a better production. Um, But I work 40 hours a week. I've got a a three-and-a-half-year-old kid who is a menace to himself and everyone around him. (laughs) Uh, So I'm trying to do my best to keep these going pretty good and trying not to, you know, ramble too much about shit. But um, in any case... I'm done with the Battlefield stuff, and now I just feel like rambling about um, Final Fantasy games because uh, one of the other game series that I am probably probably my second biggest, you know, that I'm my second favorite video game series of all time are the Final Fantasy games. And I forget why I was thinking about them exactly. I was at work, and they just kind of, they just kind of came across my mind and I started thinking about how basically what happened was, was they went from final fantasy. Well, here in the States anyways, there was a final fantasy three, right? And then for a long time, there wasn't a final fantasy. And all of a sudden there was a final fantasy fucking seven and it was on PlayStation, which was like, what? Like these are Nintendo games. What the what's going on here? Why is the final? What happened to Final Fantasy? Fucking, you know, four, five, and six, and why is it suddenly on fucking PlayStation? And it's a it's kind of an interesting story actually. And if you don't know it, I'm about to fucking tell you. Um, so back in like I think it was fucking holy shit, nineteen nineteen eighty nine. Maybe or like 1988, Final Fantasy was released for the Nintendo Entertainment System in America and in Japan, and they were pretty and they were huge hits. Um, it was very if you if you were if you're a boomer like me and you remember Dragon Warrior, uh, it it played very much like Dragon Warrior, top down map, outside map you know, inside dungeons, inside cities, and all that stuff, right? Uh, Except what Final Fantasy introduced was the four-person party. You weren't just one person, right? You had a party of people, and you had different classes and everything. It was fucking great. So anyway, so that gets released, so the game gets released in the United States and in Japan. So, they develop, so, you know, time goes by, and what ends up happening is is for some reason and I, I i know the reasons but i won't get into them into too much detail has to do with like you know japanese games and japanese markets and the united states markets and all that stuff anyway so for whatever reason so for for sorry what i, I just said the reasons fucking different markets but for whatever reason i don't know why they decided they were going to make i guess what i'm saying, trying to say is they didn't know why they were going to make the second game available in the us but they didn't. They didn't make... So they developed a Final Fantasy 2, but they didn't release it in the United States. They released it only in Japan. So Japan gets a Final Fantasy, and now... Or United States gets Final Fantasy, and now in Japan there's a Final... There's the original Final Fantasy, and there's also a Final Fantasy 2. Okay? So, you know, not really sure... Oh, wait, no, 2 and 3. That's right, sorry. They develop a 2 and a 3 in Japan. And they never release them in the United States. And both of those games were released on the Nintendo Entertainment System. So you got Final Fantasy in the United States, but then in Japan, they got a Final Fantasy, and then a Final Fantasy 2, and a Final Fantasy 3, all on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Enter Super Nintendo era. In Japan, they developed Final Fantasy 4 for the Super Nintendo. Well, they never developed, you know, they never released 2 and 3 in the United States. So, you know, but it was a new system. So when they developed this game, it's like, well, we got to release it in the United States. Well, they didn't call it Final Fantasy 4. They called it Final Fantasy (laughs) 2. 
right? Which was very, which was seemed fine in the United States because at that time, this was before, right? The internet was prevalent and it was, just, this was before it was very easy to look all this stuff up. Seemed perfectly normal. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. New system. There, here's Final, there's new Final Fantasy 2. Awesome. So they do it again. They were they create a sequel to Final Fantasy. They create a sequel to Final Fantasy Four in Japan, called Final Fantasy Five. They don't release it here on Super Nintendo. For whatever, then for whatever reason, I, I keep saying I keep fucking saying that, but we know why because of the markets. But for but why exactly they decide? Okay, now we've got Final Fantasy Six here in Japan. We're gonna release this one in the United States. But now we got to call this one three <laughs> because they didn't release five either. So here in the United States, we've got Final Fantasy, then Final Fantasy 2, and Final Fantasy 3. Except Final Fantasy 2 is actually Final Fantasy 4 in Japan, right? They develop five. They don't release it here. So they, when they make six, they release it as three here. So Final Fantasy 3 is actually Final Fantasy 6. So in Japan, there's one, two, three, four, five, and six. In the United States, there's one, two, and three. So, fast for so now we enter the PlayStation era. Nintendo loses the rights f- to Square Games, who developed Final Fantasy games. Nintendo loses the rights, and they go to Sony to develop the next PlayStation game because the Sony PlayStation, probably the greatest console ever ever released. That's highly debatable, obviously. In my opinion, I think it is. Most people will tell you the Super Nintendo was. A lot of people loved uh, Dreamcast and Saturn. Anyway, but it because of the CD technology, because it offered the ability to develop a much larger game, in uh, you know as opposed to a fucking little cartridge. They, you know. Square was like, yeah, we can't. Your your stupid little cartridge system is just going to hold our game back, so we've got to take our game to Sony. So they take the game to Sony to develop it. And remember, they've developed one, two, three, four, five, and six in Japan, but we've only had one, two, and three here in the United States, right? Fuck it. They don't. They, they fuck it. We're not calling this. We're not changing the shit for final. You know, for the United States anymore. It's a new it's a new era. It's 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 CD-ROMs, it's PlayStation. So out of fucking nowhere, they just have released a game called Final Fantasy VII. And here in the United States, we're all just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> what happened? Wait a second. So it was a very very interesting time back then for that kind of stuff. Uh, and I don't think I've figured this. I don't think I learned this story until many, many, many years after, uh, you know, the games were released that they did all this. Uh, so it was always kind of fun and exciting. Uh, you know, it's always fun and exciting to think about that. I just, I love the story of the games. I just think that's kind of a, a really interesting little sort of anecdote about video games, specifically, as it pertains to video games in Japan and video games in the, in the United States. Because what a lot of people don't know is that they are like two different gaming worlds completely. Japan and the United States. They are two completely different gaming worlds. Um, it They're not so different in the sense that there was like a large volume of games developed in the United States and in Japan, but there's tons of tons and tons of video games developed in Japan that never saw the light of day in America, never made it to America. But then there's also tons of, there was tons of studios that developed games for Nintendo and Super Nintendo, especially Nintendo, uh, you know, that were never, they, they were, they were, they got released to Japan, but they, you know, fell completely flat because they weren't developed for the Japanese audience, which is where that rift comes in. The kind of games that that Japanese people wanted to play were completely different styles of games than what Americans wanted to play. 
it's really a very interesting story if you ever want to sort of take the time to like do some research on it and there's there's books about it and you can probably find find all kinds of stuff on the internet about it but uh and I lived in the fun and the fun thing is is I lived it you know uh I was so when Final Fantasy 7 came out I was working at a software company in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I think it's safe to tell you the story because I'm pretty sure statu- the statutes of limitations uh, protects me <laughs> from the things that I'm about to uh, admit to doing. <laughs> um, so the software company that I worked at, I worked, I worked in the tech support uh, area of the company. It was a smaller software company. It was a software company started by two people that worked for Ford. They were two really brilliant uh, computer, you know, er, we're talking like early on computer fucking people like from the 80s. And they left Ford because they saw an opportunity to develop a software to sell to Ford vendors and third-party people uh, to communicate all of their purchase orders and invoices electronically. So they started this company I got hired there to do tech support for him, and I met, and I actually met someone who I am still friends with till you know best friends with actually to this day. I met him through that. He didn't work there, but someone that did work there introduced me to this particular friend of mine, and I'm still friend best friends with him to this day actually. But in it, but anyway, so it was a. You know, it was a text. It was cubicles. It was tech support people, and a big, a, a big group of us all became friends, <laughs> and we all basically learned how to rip or burn PlayStation games. Uh, and we, and someone found. I don't know how the fuck. The internet was a thing then. Obviously, actually, the internet was not. The World Wide Web was actually much very much a burgeoning thing at the time so how the hell someone found someone who was making computer chips that he could then solder onto the circuit boards of our playstations so that it would bypass the region code so that we could play burned games i have no fucking idea how he found these things (laughs) you know in that day and age but in any case he did he would and it was a it, the crazy thing was too is like if you fucking messed up even just a little bit, he would fucking brick your PlayStation because a little bit of solder got on the wrong shit, it just bricked your PlayStation. So we like entrusted this guy to solder these chips to our PlayStation so that we could play burned games. Because once you once you basically bypass the region code, it also the region code is um, was somehow like encrypted um, in the game. So you could so you could burn you could copy and burn a game. And let me tell you, copying and burning a game. In like 1999, like 1980, 1998, when we were like doing this, you had to buy like a fucking CD burner, which cost like 500 fucking dollars. You had to buy a SCSI card. It was ridiculous that we even did all this shit. And we didn't even make any money doing it. We didn't even do it to like do it, make it a racket and like sell it. We just wanted to rent games and rip them so that we could just, you know, increase our games catalog and not have to pay for them, right? And, you know, we would always burn multiple copies. Like, hey, I rented this, and I'd burn one for, you know, Jason and one for Brian and one for Kurt, whatever, you know. And it was never, you know, it was highly illegal, but it wasn't, I guess it wasn't highly illegal because, like I said, we didn't make money selling them or anything. But, uh, yeah, we would just burn all kinds of games. And so, so, but the region code thing, you could copy, and it would burn onto your burned CD, but it wasn't, it was like encrypted or, or no, it wouldn't, no, I'm sorry. It would not, the region code would not copy from the original game onto your burn CD. And because it wasn't there, if you didn't have your PlayStation chipped, it would, it was like, no, the region code is not there. So I can't play this game because I can't read the region code. But if you told it to skip the region code, part of its process, you were all good anyway. (laughs) So that's what I was doing when final fantasy seven came out. And, yeah, the whole point of that story was basically to say I lived. We uh, knew a guy who had a contact. He was actually a, a Korean guy that ended up working with us, and he had connections that would mail him games. 
And so we were getting all kinds of Japanese games. And let me tell you, there was a ton of shitty Japanese games. So many shitty Japanese. But there was also some that never saw the light of day in the United States that were actually pretty good. Um, I believe one of them was called Einhander. Like the like ger- like one-hander. It was spelled like in German. Like E-I-N-H-A-N-D-E-R or something like that. Einhander. It's like one hand or, you know, in German. It was like a, a side-scrolling shooter game, and it was actually really fucking fun. I don't think it was ever released in the United States. It might have been. So if you're ever really fucking bored and you want to find a fucking PlayStation emulator and play some games, Einhander is a really fun game. So um, so holy shit, that turned into like a fucking 20-minute story that probably none of you are still listening to because I gave you fair warning not to listen anyways because it was probably going to bore you to fucking tears. But anyway, I just thought I'd like to record that because... It's kind of a fun story, and those are some good times, man. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a I'm a fucking nerd from way back. I'm 45 years old, so I've been doing all this shit a long time. Um, so if you enjoyed that story, <laughs> uh, I appreciate I appreciate you listening. I appreciate everyone that's listened, of course, too, uh, and everyone that's checking me out on Twitch. Um, yeah, so check out my show notes. My link to my Discord server will be in there. Uh, It'd be awesome if you showed up and just, you know, hung out and talked and asked questions and we can talk about Battlefield and shit like that. So, um, so, all right, I'm wrapping this bitch up. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, I guess we, you know, had a new president inaugurated or something. So, you know, I suppose I should just record that for posterity's sake anyway, make it a matter of record in my uh, catalog of podcasts. (laughs) So, all right. I'm wrapping this motherfucker up. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I will talk to you later. Stay safe out there.